Welcome back to Throwing Hands. It's me, it's Toby. If you can't tell, your boy might be your boy's a little under the weather. We're both Low a little Toby. congested yeah. right now. I feel like Toby. I'm not gonna lie. If I'm sick, it better be COVID because I'm not. I, this better not be a waste of my time. You know what exactly. I mean? Yeah, 100. You know what I mean? You could at least yeah. build up a little immunity if it was COVID. Exactly. So you know, you got that three, four month window, whatever it is, right? To where yeah. you're definitely not gonna get it. I graduate December 16th. If I get it now, you're good. I'm a lock for graduation. Yeah. No, <laughs> it'd be a uh, best case scenario. Probably best case. I swear if this is just a cold, I'm not going to be happy. So I'm going to test over the next couple of days. If it's a cold, I'm going to scream, but if it's COVID, <laughs> your boy's chilling. I won't well, mind I, that. I guess I hope you have COVID then, which is a weird <laughs> thing to say, but I, I appreciate that. Um, if you're immunocompromised, I really hope to God you go, don't get COVID. I yes. am a stallion. You have to understand that, guys. Yes, I haven't absolutely. been sick since August of last year. So it, it was due. It was due. But you know Dude, what else same. is due? Yeah. Oh, oh you, hadn't, you hadn't been sick in a while? No, yeah, I, I rarely ever get sick. Yeah. Same. Like, ever since I started taking, I thought, guys, it's not like I'm unhealthy, okay? I'm Toby's team me in person. I'm not. It's a healthy uh, guy. He I'm, is I'm a, a stallion. I, can I am a stallion. I'm 200 pounds, but I don't look 200 pounds. That's the thing. Here's the thing, guys. Um, once I started taking vitamins, man, I haven't gotten sick. I've, yeah. I've, your boy's just been pulling through. So, guys, take your vitamins. It's not a lie. You, you really won't get – you'll get sick less often if you take them. Take your vitamins and eat healthy foods. That's what I – I actually don't really take that many vitamins, but I get a lot of my vitamins and minerals just through my diet because I'm the type of guy that just eats handfuls of raw kale. So I would not recommend that for most people. I know that's kind of weird, but I personally really enjoy it. So, Yeah, you know, even kale, which is a little vinaigrette to add some taste, that's yeah. some good stuff. Exactly. That's some good exactly. stuff. Yes. Like, yeah. So, and, you know, eating bad every once in a while isn't a bad thing, guys. Just don't do it every day. Anyway. What's due Saturday for Saturday is UFC Noche. Woo. Uh, yeah. Even though it's not in Mexico, which is weird. It's in Vegas, but it's a very Mexican themed card. So, yeah. Lots of Mexicans on the card. And um, don't, don't they have like a special Mexican belt for Alexa Grasso now? Yes, they do. Mortal Kombat. Ooh, free advertising for Mortal Kombat, guys. Uh, I will say it looks pretty sick. Mortal Kombat, the newest one, came out uh, today, I think. Really? Okay. Yeah. I haven't seen any of it. It looks good. And that belt looks kind of fire too, man. Not yeah, lie. well, I'll, I'll find a picture of the belt so we can show you guys. But first fight, this card isn't great. <laughs> I'm yeah. just going to say it. The There's main a... and the co-main and Kopalov are all I'm looking forward to. There's a lot of matchups on here where you're like, why is this person in a UFC fight? But, you know. Yeah. So we're getting over two prelim fights. First one, Tracy Cortez is back. 
versus a Jasmine Jazuda Vegas. Um, this is the woman who uh, shoot, I'm blanking. Uh, like hops into Bisping's arms, right? I I think so. Or, or is that Vanessa Demopoulos? No, that's Demopoulos. Demopoulos. Yeah, yes, Demopoulos. Yes. yes. Um, Tracy Cortez back after like a year or something. Years yeah. of change. Um, yeah. Uh, 14 versus 15. Trace Cortez coming back. I don't know what to think about this fight, really. It's just fit top 15 flyweights, and that's why I'm kind of looking at it. I, I think Cortez is, has a large skill advantage over Jazuda Vegas, personally, so that's why I'm going to take her. Yeah, it's an interesting stylistic matchup. Um, they pretty much have similar styles, similar game plans. I mean, they're both uh, pretty dominant wrestlers. They're both pretty big for the weight class, very strong. Neither of them are particularly effective on the feet. I would say Cortez probably has a slight advantage, yeah. ever so slight on the feet. I mean, yeah, Jazz Davicius is not a great striker by any means, but they're both, I'm, I'm pretty sure, undefeated in the UFC. They've the only thing I can say for sure about this fight, and maybe I'll jinx it now, but I think it's going to decision because neither of these women in their entire UFC career have uh it's all been decisions, I think. So I mean, maybe in like their pro career, I think I think in their pro career, Cortez has like eight decisions out of eleven, maybe nine, and Jasta Vicious has like, you know, eight out of ten or something. Yeah, so, look at the look at the numbers, just look at that. So I'm thinking this one goes to decision, but I, it should be interesting. It definitely has, you know, implications for the division. I think they're both pretty solid prospects, but I yeah. I would also lean Tracy Cortez in this matchup. I think she's just a little bit better everywhere. I mean, they're pretty much the same fighter, and I think Tracy Cortez is just slightly better. Yeah, I agree. All right, our fr- friend of the show, uh, Josh Fremd, uh, check out his interview when he was in LFA. He was mowing through people then. Going up against Roman Kopalov. Uh as much as I love Josh Fremd, man, I don't think this is gonna go well for him at all. I I I love Josh Fremd. Great guy. Very interesting dude. Pittsburgh guy. Um but I, I think Roman Kopalov might demolish him. I think it's gonna be pretty ugly. Yeah, I mean Josh Fremd, a lot of respect for the guy. Definitely had a good run through LFA. He, you know, really tough dude, has some good finishes in the UFC as well. It's just that he's running up against a very tough matchup. And you look at these numbers and, you know, Josh Frim is a very tall guy for a middleweight, but he doesn't exactly use his length super well. And we saw in the Jamie Pickett fight, which was his last fight out, he did not look great. I mean, he could have used his length much better against Jamie Pickett. He should have been the much better striker in that matchup. And he did not look like it. I mean, Jamie Pickett, who is not a, a great fighter, in my opinion, was holding his own with Josh Fremd. And if you're going to a close decision with Jamie Pickett, I think Roman Kopolov is going to wreck you badly. Now, Roman Kopolov, he had some issues. You know, first came to the UFC, lost his first two fights, got finished in one of them, I think by Roberson, and got dominated by uh, Duraev. But this dude is a killer, man. His last three fights, each fight has been successively more impressive to me. I mean, violent. He, I, I've mentioned this the last couple times that he's fought. I mean, this guy has, is quickly becoming one of my favorite fighters in the whole UFC. Just the, the techniques that he uses in the octagon. And one of my favorite things, I really just like guys that use body work in the UFC because not a lot of fighters, not as many as they should target the body. Kopolov will wreck people to the body. And I am a huge fan of that. 
he does a great job of uh, mixing in those kicks to the body and then working them up to the head. I think Kopolov gets it done. I think he can get a finish in this fight. I think this is a big, big spot for him. It's going to be a four-fight win streak if he wins. I think this is a good matchup for him. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that uh, knockout against Ribeiro was violent. And that was, that was after he got hurt a little bit by yeah, Claudio, bit. Who, who's a big puncher. I mean, respect to him. And um, I feel like we have to mention, too, uh, Daniel Lacerda fight before this. This guy, 0-4 in the UFC, but the most exciting 0-4 yeah. you yeah. will ever see. I mean, he was putting a beating on, um, oh, man, what's that guy's name? Who Who's his last fight? Uh, CJ, CJ Vergara. He was CJ beating... Vergara. He was beating the brakes off of CJ Vergara. He had him running around the octagon and somehow he survived and then he got finished. But you look at his fights, you know, Victor Altamirano, very good fighter. Uh, Francisco Figueroa, good fighter. Jeff Molina, very good fighter. Who, by the way, when is Jeff Molina coming back, man? I haven't seen that guy. Uh, I mean, he's tied up in the Kraus thing, man. We might not, oh, we yeah. not, might not ever see him again, man. Oh, dude, I for, Jeff Molina so talented, dude. I forgot about that. But he's that's great. Really, he's a phenomenal fighter. Dude, Jeff Molina <laughs> could legitimately be like a top 10 top five fighter I, at he's a cha- he, and he's young too he, he's champ material but that's you know, so sad i forgot he about just that decided actually. to you know have some fun with his buddy james kraus and you know bet on some bet on some fights dang man dang you guys you know i'm sick but this is more important than i'm i'm very unselfish um anyway uh Fernando Padilla uh, versus uh, Kyle Nelson. We all know who Kyle Nelson is. We all know who he is. Uh, Fernando Padilla, young guy, very long for the division, six foot one. Um, he fights at the end of his punches. That's a pretty good way to describe him. He, he's not going to, he, he's going to use his 76 inch reach and keep you at bay. And you watch Julian Arosa fight. Um, yeah, man, he's just always at the end of his punch. He, he knocked him out at the very end of his punches. Some people say it was early. Julian Rose, friend of the show, love the guy, but that was a good stoppage by Tonyoni. So, I don't know. What do you think, Toby? Yeah, I mean, I think this is going to be a tough one considering Padilla has zero inch leg reach. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> is that like a you see that? Yeah, I see. Per- it. I see. <laughs> no. it. Imagine that he just has like literally no legs. He's just walking, like hobbling around in the octagon. But no, I mean, <laughs> seriously though, Padilla is a pretty good striker. Um, he definitely has a few holes. You know, he's hittable. Uh, I'm not sure the exact stats, but I know he gets hit pretty often. Even in the Arosa fight, you know, he was getting touched up a little bit. But man, you know, Arosa's a tough dude. Um, and he has been known to get finished before. Like Arosa really is. Uh, kill or be killed type of guy yeah, that's a so, great way to put julian arosa yeah i mean he is the epitome of that he can get finished or he will get a great finish so but still it's an impressive win i mean arosa has fought some very high level guys and he's had pretty good success um padilla i think he's the better fighter in this matchup um he's definitely not as experienced as kyle nelson kyle nelson's been in the ufc for a while fought quite a few decent fighters um you know, he's not overly aggressive, uh, not going to try to take your head off or anything, but he's, he's very average. Yeah, he's a super average guy, but he, you know, he makes it work. I mean, uh, had you know, had a good showing against Blake Builder, that uh, Duho Choi fight was decent. I mean, you know, it was close. Um, 
another decent fight with Jai Herbert. I mean, these are good guys that he's fighting. So, yeah, I think Nelson's tough. I mean, if there's one thing you can't take away from him, he's probably going to be in there. I I don't know if this is going to be like an early finish or anything. I think he's going to be in there uh, hanging tough. But I think Padilla is just more skilled. It's really... I think it's just a matter of will Padilla get tired as the fight goes on and will Nelson start to push the pace. If that happens, yeah, Nelson could win a decision or maybe even get a late finish. But I think Padilla is probably going to do enough on the feet to get it done. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. That that reach is hard. going to be hard to get past. Yeah, absolutely. All right, lightweight bout. Daniel Zelluber versus Christos Yagos, another friend of the show. Check out that interview. It was like three years ago at this point, which is insane to me. Dang. But um, anyway, Zell Huber, he, he's, he tends to not be active. Um, is that your dog man acting up a little bit? Yeah, she is whining. There, there are people making noise outside. I'm sorry. She is whining a little bit. Oh, she wants to go and play. But anyway, Zell Huber, uh, he's not active. His last fight, I forget who his last who was his last fight against. Was it a uh, Lando Lando Venata? Lando Venata. Um, he did beat Lando Venata, but against Ogden, not very active. Um, I rewatched that fight right before this actually. Um, and Christos Yagos goes in there with a uh, reckless abandon. He 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 likes he, he's like uh, a Rosa, kill or be killed. Um, yeah. that's his mo, and you gotta respect it. This is tough for Zell Uber, man. Zell Uber's young. Um, how old is he again? 23? Yeah, he's basically my age. So I, I think Christos Yagos might manhandle him a little bit. I like the I think this is a pretty good plus two thirty to bet on if you're a betting person. So I got my boy Christos. What do you think, man? Yeah, this is a tough fight to pick. I think um I see a lot of people saying, like, oh, Zell Huber is gonna destroy him and I don't necessarily agree with that. I I'm, I would still lean Zell Huber just because I think he's pretty much better everywhere. He's definitely got the better striking. Uh, he's got a much longer reach. He's, you know, quite a bit taller than Yago's. His striking is just way cleaner. But the Ogden fight, ever since seeing him against Trey Ogden, I've been like, I don't know how much I can trust this guy in the octagon because that was abysmal. I mean, that performance was really, really bad by Daniel Zahuber. And that was against a short notice Trey Ogden, who is much shorter and on paper has much worse striking. And he outstruck him. I mean, Zahuber did not look good in that fight. So that's kind of always in the back of my mind. The last fight against Fanata, it was a good bounce back for him. He had Lando hurt pretty bad in that fight, but Lando is kind of washed, you know, definitely near the end of his career. Yagos is a tough dude. Like you said, he is killer be killed. So I think that'll actually play to the advantage of Zell Huber a little bit where I think Yagos is going to be very aggressive and we've seen him get finished, you know, several times in the UFC. So I wouldn't be surprised if Zell Huber gets a finish, but I think it's very similar to the fight we just broke down. If it gets into later rounds and Yagos is putting that pressure on, uh, yeah, Zell Huber, I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll have to see how his cardio holds up, um, especially under pressure from a guy like Christos Yagos. So I think it's a lot closer than people think, but I'm probably leaning Zell Huber. Yeah, and, and the pressure and the experience that Yagos brings from, you know, he's however long his UFC career has been. Let's take a look. He's been around yeah, he, a while. He's fought good guys for sure. Yeah, he has. Like he he lost to Charlie Olives. He lost to Gilbert Burns too. Drucker um, Close. I mean, Drucker Close is legit. Very good fighter. Yeah. 
Uh, Charles Oliver is okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's decent. Yeah, he's decent. Uh, Moisette, Tiago Moisette, Sarukian. I mean, this you know. this was this, they shouldn't have done this to him. Yeah, that's a rough matchup for sure. And then his last fight, I mean, he did get the KO. He sparked Ricky Glenn. So yeah, he sparked Ricky Glenn. I forgot about that. But yeah, Christos, great guy. Watch that interview. Uh, I don't. I, I have nothing against uh, the kid himself. But Raul Rosas versus Terrence Mitchell, they're pushing this guy. I don't think he's anything that great right now. Um, I think Terrence Mitchell beats him pretty badly. Um, everyone thought he who who was it that he lost uh, to? Ciaran, um, Christian Rodriguez. Christian Rodriguez. Christian Rodriguez isn't a bum. I'm not taking anything away from Christian Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah he's, he's good. He he's very good. I'm not saying Chris uh, Terrence Mitchell's the cream of the crop. However, he's going against a child. Therefore, I'm going to pick the man with a decent amount of skill. Terrence Mitchell is going to win this fight. Um, I know it's not a very analytical take, but I don't care. That's just what's going to happen. What do you think is going to happen, Toby? Man, I, I don't know. You know, um, Terrence Mitchell, I wouldn't say he's overly skilled. He's got a good record, but he has been. He's from that Alaska FC promotion, which is like, you know, not great. I mean, Jerry Kennedy. Yeah. Kennedy yeah, is from Alaska, but he's really the exception to the rule. Like a lot of those guys, it's just not a great level of competition. It's on and, fight pass, too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think Mitchell is super aggressive. He's a grappler as well. I think that he's, he's going to be coming out trying to grapple, trying to get these submissions. And I do think that Rosas will have the advantage there. Um, I definitely understand like Rosas didn't look great in his last fight, but like you mentioned, I mean, C-Rod's good. You know, Christian Rodriguez is not a bum. In fact, I think he's a pretty talented fighter and Rosas, you know, he went in there and he tried to get the submission. He won the first round. He just blew his gas tank really badly. And I think that's something that you learn as you gain more experience in the UFC, as you get more fights under your belt is how to manage your gas tank and when to pursue the finish and when not to pursue the finish. So I think I'm not saying that Rosas has learned all these lessons in the span of like one fight. I just think that it was a good lesson for him to have that loss. And I think we'll probably bounce back in this one. It seems like a bit of a setup for him. I, the odds are crazy though. I think he's like minus 850 right now, which I definitely don't agree with. I think it's a, a lot closer of a fight than that, but I would probably lean uh, Rosas in this one. I think he can be something pretty good in the ufc i just think he's he's very very young so you never know yeah we'll see man we'll see all right i've been waiting i've been waiting kevin hong jack della madalena um this could be a fight night main event by itself and i wouldn't complain um it's a great fight probably the best fight on the whole card yeah, probably it's 14 versus 13 in the welterweight division. Madalena Holland, respect, respectively. I don't know how this goes, to be honest. This is a really close fight. I mean, Jack Della Madalena has all the tools, as is Kevin Holland. Kevin Holland's defensive wrestling has gotten a hell of a lot better. And his, I mean, he's a Kevin Luter black belt. That's, 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 I've, I said it. But Della Madalena's strike, in, they're both good everywhere. That's, that's the thing. I don't know how this fight's going to go, Toby. I'll say wh- whom I think is going to win after you speak, but it's going to be a close one. It's going to be fun, too. Yeah, I've gone back and forth in this fight multiple times. I was leaning Holland. I was leaning JDM, and I'm not sure. Um, 
I, I think I'm going to lean JDM. And I, I think I, I watched back the his most recent fight with uh, Basil Hafez. And look, that guy is no slouch. I mean, I, uh, in the commentary, they were talking about it. You know, Justin Gaethje was talking this guy up, telling them that, you know, he's had wars with this guy in the gym. He is a really dominant wrestler. And for Jack Della Maddalena to get taken down in the first and the second round multiple times, actually, I will say his takedown defense was actually much better than people remember. I think he stuffed like 13 of 16 takedowns Take in that fight, maybe even more than that. But he got taken down a few times. He got controlled in that fight. But for him to get back up as many times as his, as he did, and for him to eventually in that third round, I mean, he was beating up Basil. I mean, he was really, really destroying him in the third round. Like, he put it on this guy. It, it was a 10-8 in my opinion. He had him on skates multiple times. He landed way more significant strikes than him. It wasn't even close. So I think that it was a pretty clear decision looking back at it for JDM. I know some people... I think people, it's a bit of recency bias, right? People say like, well, it was a short notice fight. He was supposed to crush this guy. Well, Basil is a tough wrestler and JDM was not training for that type of opponent. Also, JDM had to cut weight twice in two weeks. Exactly. Yep. Can't forget that. But, you know, on the other side of the coin, man, Kevin Holland is a dog. He is a fantastic fighter. He's got great jujitsu. Of course, the striking is where he shines, but he's good everywhere except for, you know, not great offensive wrestling. So I don't think his game plan is going to be like, oh, I'm just going to take this guy down. I really don't even know if he'd be capable of doing that. But I think if for if he hurts JDM, maybe and JDM goes for takedowns, I think Kevin Holland will be a bit better than uh, he used to be when it comes to defending takedowns or at the very least be more uh, active and effective off his back. But with Kevin Holland, I think the reason that I'm leaning towards JDM is just we never know with Kevin Holland, right? We saw in the Wonder Boy fight, he got Wonder Boy down and then he just let him back up and was like, no, nah, I just want to stand and bang. You shouldn't have done that, Kevin. I get that you want it to be entertaining. You want to put on fights for the fans. But when you get top position in a UFC fight, you take top position. You hold that. I'm sorry. I don't care if it's Wonder Boy, I don't, you know, whatever. You take that top position and... And you work from there. So I think Kevin Holland is too unpredictable, which has played in his favor. I mean, unpredictability has been great for him in the past. He's looked great at welterweight. He's finished uh, tough guys like Michael Chiesa. He's finished Tim Means. He's finished Cowboy Oliver. I think he's like five and one at welterweight or something like that. So he's been doing great. Don't get me wrong. And finished Ponzi. I forgot about that. I mean, I just think that, I don't know. I think JDM is such a clean boxer. I think he's got the skills to get this one done. I really just can't trust Holland, but I think it's going to be a very fun, very close fight. Um, I think Kevin Holland gets done. I love Kevin Holland. I think it's probably part of it. But, man, we'll talk about the welterweight division after this because it, this is ridiculous. No one's scheduled here. So we'll talk about that. Uh, but I think yeah. Kevin Holland wins this by submission, so we'll see what happens. This fight could yeah. go anywhere, anyway. It could go either way, yeah, for sure. Very fun fight. All right. The champ, Alexa Grasso. I'm pretty sure that's Zhang Weili's arm uh, going up against uh, Valentina Shevchenko. Like yeah, that has to be Zhang Weili's. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> they didn't even color correct it. I know, it's like not even close to the same color. 
<laughs> Not a lot of effort, UFC website guys. Come on, what are we doing? Dot com team, get on it. Um, Terrible. Shout out to the dot com team. Thanks for yeah. interviewing me a couple times. <laughs> I appreciate it. No, I'm not even being facetious, guys. I appreciate it. You'll see my name in applications soon. But anyway, um, it's, it's weird not seeing Shevchenko in the uh, championship garb. Um, hold on. I'm going to stop my share real quick. I'm going to find some pictures of this new kit. But anyway, what's your thoughts on this one, man? Uh, man. You know, this is another fight I've kind of gone back and forth on. Uh, I've rewatched their previous fight, and I don't know. You know, I think it really could go either way. I think Valentina was a very dominant champion. I will give her that. But when you go back and you look at the people that she was fighting, you know, Jessica I and Lauren Murphy and Andrade, and, you know, these people, they're not exactly the most skilled fighters, and her run does seem a little bit padded and you see she faced tyla santos and had the toughest fight of her career and arguably lost that fight i mean i think a lot of people would agree that uh or would conclude that she did lose that fight and then she fights grasso who's on a five fight win streak and she loses she gets finished by alexa grasso so valentina i think she's you know 34 35 years old now she's had a dominant run but these last couple fights have been very tough for her. And, you know, people will say like, well, it was a fluke. Okay. You know, Grasso, uh, Shevchenko spun into her. Grasso caught her, took the back, got the choke. Well, why did Valentina spin? The reason that Valentina spun for that back kick is because Grasso was pressuring her. Grasso, Grasso was landing on her on the feet and forcing her up against the cage, making her uncomfortable, making her shoot takedowns. And Valentina threw that back kick. It's the same exact thing that happened to uh, Chris Weidman when Luke Rockhold was fighting him. He was pressured. He was uncomfortable. He was shooting bad takedowns. He threw that kick. Rockhold caught it, took him down, beat him up. And Grasso did a very similar thing to Shevchenko. So I'm leaning towards Alexa Grasso in that in this fight. And this is no disrespect to Valentina. I really do appreciate what she's done in this division. I think she's very, very skilled. I just think Grasso has very good boxing. Her jujitsu is obviously uh, very high level. And she's been training with Lupi Godinez, who is a fantastic wrestler. So I think that if Valentina wants to come in and just wrestle again, take her down, get the control time, it's going to be much tougher than it was. And I think, you know, looking back at the last fight, sure, Valentina got the takedowns, but what did she do with it? You know, it's kind of like the Jan and O'Malley fight where, yeah, Jan got those takedowns, but he landed like six strikes, I think, when he was on top. So Valentina, if she wants to do that, is going to have to be more active, land more damage. I just don't know if she'll be able to control her on the ground. So I, I'm leaning Grasso on this one, but it's another—it's tough, man. It's another close fight. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know this one either, man. Like, will Shevchenko's like mentality get the belt back? You know, f- uh, flood her judgment. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, and like, cloud her judgment rather. My my brain's cloudy, I guess, but um. I've seen Alexa Grasso fight in person, man. She's good. She's really good. And I and what I don't think it was a fluke. My gut tells me Shevchenko might take the belt back, but it's going to be very close, and it's going to be a war. I think it goes to decision for sure. I think that's something that I'm almost I'm not certain of, of course, but I think that's it. That's you know pretty safe. Is that this fight's going to go the distance? And I do think it's going to be a back and forth battle for sure. Yeah, it's going to be very close, guys. All right, new kits. Let's take a look at them. 
Um, Ben the Bane Davis. Um, take a look at this. Um, I like it. I like that. I'm a fan. The white is clean. It looks very good. Someone, someone asked, why are there like scales on the, on the kit? I'm like, dude, this is all you have to look at. It's all you have to look at. Yeah, I think that's it's pretty self-explanatory. I mean, venom, you know, kind of you know, makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I know I like the look. I like the you know kind of little marks that they have on the shorts and um, kind of like scale looking marks there on the shorts too. So they look great. I like them. Yeah, they look pretty good. And then the um, the, the the chip garb. That is a sick belt. It, it's kind of weird that they're uh, doing it just for grass, like. I mean, I guess I get it because they're really trying to push the uh, Mexico MMA scene. They've got like Moreno, Yair, Grasso now. So they really want to expand it to Mexico. So it does make sense. And it is a nice belt. I mean, it's sick. I like it. So Yeah, it's pretty cool. You know, one thing we have to consider. No more African champs now. Yeah, true. That's crazy. She's the last Mexican champ. Just saying. Just saying. Dude, yikes. They should have done a UFC Africa while they had the chance. And Ganu's gone. Is he... I mean, I don't know, dude. That fight was his last fight was awful. Usman's knees are destroyed. I don't know what he's going to be doing. So, you know, we, we, we might not have an African champ for a while unless DDP comes through. DDP, right? or if Mike Perry comes back and makes a UFC championship run. <laughs> Mike Perry, Mike Perry. Um. Oh, you and I were talking about this beforehand. Laura Sanko, fantastic job on commentary on Saturday. Props to her. She's sounding great. Yeah. Like you and I said, she's one of the better ones, I think, at least. Yeah. No, I, absolutely. I think Laura Sanko is a very, very good commentator. Um, I think she she does a good job of talking uh, her way through positions. I think that mm-hmm. a lot of the other commentators are not quite as skilled at that. And I'm not, I mean, maybe it was just from her experience on the contender series. I'm not sure, but she's like Dominic Cruz in that way, where when two fighters are in a pretty complex position whether it be in the clinch whether it be on the ground whatever she's very good at talking her way through that um i think she you know she jokes around well that's a huge uh component of being a commentator is just having that uh you know flow with your fellow commentators and she's really good at that i think she's great and i think she's much better than dc you know i think uh i think she could replace a lot of people on the pay-per-view yeah. and i would be perfectly fine with that in fact i would prefer it to many of the other people that they have in there. So yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but Australia took basically 50% of all the fighters earnings in taxes. Really? 45%. Wow. Mac Desi's uh, fight purse was about 60 K. He went home with about 26. Dude, Mac Desi should have got that win bonus too, man. Robbery. No, I'm just kidding. It was a close fight. But I do think Mac Desi won. But yeah, so way. his initial purse was 58k. Uh, so whittled down by taxes, medical, airfare, and other expenses. His take home was just 28k. That's rough, man. Going all the way to Australia, I mean, that is terrible. The largest deduction was uh, Australian government, which collects 45% of the purse. Huh. What do that they take? Is... What do they take in the states typically? Do you know whatever the state taxes? It's not forty five percent. Yeah, not typically. Yeah, probably not typically. That's that's insane. Mike Perry's returning to BKFC on a new deal. That's fun. 
We that's love, the we love. that's the best move they could make. I mean, they should just make Mike Perry like the champion. I mean, he might already be a champion. I don't know how BKFC works, but just make him the face of the promotion. Because I mean, that's probably what they're doing. Yeah, it's a smart move. Mike Perry. <laughs> um, there's so many fun fights to do with Mike Perry and BKFC now. Like just absolutely so many fun fights. Lots of fun fights. Um. Uh, what am I thinking of? Oh, uh, Pat Militich arrested on third drunk driving charge. Wow. You know, um, I heard that Pat Militich was, uh, going to fight somebody coming up soon. Um, I heard he was going to fight. Who's that guy who came back to the UFC and got knocked out by like Pete Rodriguez or whatever. That guy who's, he really sucks at fight. Like he's really <laughs> terrible at fighting. Um, uh- Pete Rodriguez. Oh, Mike Jackson. Yeah, Mike Jackson. Yes, yes, yes. Um I heard, I heard that Mike Jackson was gonna fight um uh Pat Militich, and I was like, what? Wait, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Um no, it's it's still on for October 14th against Mike Jackson. Oh, really? That's yeah, at, a... ca- at caged aggression 36. That's such a weird fight. And I mean, honestly, look, I love Pat Militich, man. Anybody who's a newer fan of the sport may not be too familiar with Pat Militich. This guy is a true legend in every sense of the word. Not only was he an incredible fighter, this guy, he was the first UFC welterweight champion, if my memory, I think actually it might've been Carlos Newton, but he was, yeah, maybe the first UFC welterweight champion. I think he defended the belt at least four or five times. Not to mention, he was uh, the primary coach of, Names such as Matt Hughes, Tim Sylvia, Robbie Lawler came out of that camp. Militich fighting systems and Pat Militich, incredible, man. All due respect to him. But he does get those, uh, he qualifies for AARP. So I'm not, you know, I don't think he should be in there fighting at the age of 55. I think he's uh, a little bit too old. But I mean, honestly, he probably could beat Mike Jackson. Mike Jackson is terrible. So, <laughs> And Mike Jackson's a, a bantamweight, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so I mean, hey, you know, I don't, he's I'm a welterweight cool rather, but he he's quite skinny. Yeah, yeah, he lost a Pete Rodriguez. <laughs> I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. <laughs> Didn't uh, Yusuf Zalal beat him too? Uh yeah, probably. I mean, anybody who gets beat by Pete Rodriguez is automatically one of the worst fighters that's ever existed. Hold on, because Pete Rodriguez is also a terrible fighter. Right. He uh used his law beat Peter Barrett. That's right. Peter Barrett. Pete Rodriguez. I haven't thought of that name in ages. I was only thinking of him because I watched uh, JDM knock him out earlier. Oh, he did. Uh, Dead Game. That's his that's his name. Dead Game. Pete Rodriguez. Wow. You know, uh, here's something that's interesting. I see this fight. In Combat FC5, which is going on tomorrow, there's a guy who is a minus 2,000 favorite, Jan Oliveira. Probably shouldn't make that fight. Yeah, I'm not sure why they're doing it. I don't know who that is, but people are very confident that he's going to get the job done. Um, oh, And uh, by the way, if anybody likes uh, promotions outside of the UFC, there are actually some really cool fights going on this weekend. Uh, in Octagon 46, uh, the main event, Jacinta Austin and Katharina Delizda is a cool fight. Austin is 
a really solid prospect. I think she's going to tear through uh, Delista. And then in KSW, that Polish promotion, they've got some awesome fights going on. The main event, I'm not going to bother pronouncing the names, but just look up KSW 86 and, you know, pronounce them however you will. But that's, I think it's these two guys, they fought three times already. This is their fourth fight in the main event. So that's going to be sick. And then the dude in the co-main event, David Schmolowski, just look up his fights on YouTube. I mean, they, they're these guys are actually very good, and they get into wars all the time. So if anybody look, wants to watch something outside of the UFC. Guys, if you want to watch juiced up people fight, just watch KSW. Dude, yeah, so they are definitely juiced to the gills, and I respect it. I love it. <laughs> it's a lot of entertainment, very fun for me. So, um, Dana blasts Tito more. I mean, what do you expect? Yeah, nothing new there. He's been doing that for years. <laughs> it's one of the funniest beefs in MMA. Yeah, man, it's it's interesting. You know, in Tito, it's crazy, too, because way back in the day, Tito used to be like the he golden the boy guy. of the UFC. He was the guy. He was the king, man. People forget that. People really do forget that Tito, up until those Chuck fights, Tito was the man. That guy was the face of the UFC. When yeah. he was uh when he was slamming down uh Elvis Sinishitz or whatever his name is when he was beating up on Evan Tanner I mean this guy he was good like he was actually a good fighter but um, and Chuck Liddell Chuck Liddell ruined him and, you know they were training partners too they were good friends and Chuck Liddell said Nah let me get that belt I'm gonna take it and he did he did um. Oh, there's some Bellator. Hold on. Um, yeah, Sa- Saba Homasi's uh, fighting. It's not this weekend, I don't think. I think it's next weekend. But Hold on, I got to look it up. Bellator 301 was announced. Uh, Yaroslav Amo, Amos, Amosov versus Jason Jackson for the welterweight belt. Sergio Pettis versus Patchy Mix uh, for the bantamweight belt at 301 yeah. in November. That is such a good fight, Pettis and Mid- Mix. You, you got uh, uh, Sabatella versus Stotts too as well. Oh really? Wait, why are they doing that fight? Didn't Sabatello just lose? I could have sworn that he yeah, lost his last he fight. Lost. What is he on like a two fight losing streak? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all right. I guess if you want to, I guess if you want to do that fight, why not? But. Yeah, Sabatel is the definition of all bark and no bite. It's like, yeah, Rafion Sots lost his last fight too, but Patchy Mix is way better than Danny Sabatel. And when I say way, but I mean, this guy is infinitely better than Danny Sabatello, Patchy Mix. So I'm not sure that the Stotts rematch, uh, rematch is necessary. And you will look at that fight. People, if you want to look it up, it will say a split decision. That was not no, a close fight. That was five rounds to nothing for Rafion Stott. There's really, it's like the Corey Sanhagen versus Cheeto split decision. It's on par. You know what's funny about that? If I remember correctly, the ref who scored the fight for um Danny Sabatello actually is the same guy who scored the fight for Cheeto Vera. Yes, he flew from Connecticut it's that the, day. It was the to, same night, yeah. To Texas. <laughs> yeah. Like how do you drop two of the worst decisions in the history of the sport in one back. day? 
just back to back. I mean, that's that's insane. Yeah, crazy. And the fact that they weren't just immediately like, you're never, ever judging a fight ever again. It, that, I don't know what to say, man. Yeah. Crazy. Um, I'm getting tired, bro. Um, yeah. Do you got anything else to add? No, no, that's pretty much it. I won't, I won't keep you on here too long. I know you're a little under the weather, so. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad we did this anyway. So Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys, that'll do it for Throwing Hands. Uh, you can catch us Monday for the Tuesday for the review of UFC Noche. Adios. Adios. <laughs>